Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. So glad you could join me today to get a portion of God's Word. Today, we're going to begin with day 143, May 22nd, Job chapter 18 and 19. Bildad and Job, second debate. Overview. Bildad continues the seemingly endless debate by painting a horrifying picture of the terror and destruction awaiting the wicked. Job is pained, but he refuses to collapse under the pressure of his counselors turned accusers. Once again, placing the responsibility for his plight on the Lord, Job dwells on the history of his disaster. He has been abandoned by family and friends, servants and spouse. Yet in spite of his despair, there is reason to hope, for Job knows that the future holds the promise both of resurrection and his ultimate vindication from wrong. Chapter 18, Bildad's Hostility, verses 1 to 4. Bildad's Harassment, verses 5 to 21. Bildad's Taunts. Chapter 19, Job's Hurt, verses 1 to 12. Job's History, verses 13 to 22. And Job's Hope, verses 23 to 29. Job's Thoughts. Insight. Count to 10 slowly, Job 19.3. Ten is a prominent number in the Bible, indicating patient endurance. Jacob endured ten changes in his wages, Genesis 31.7. The Israelites tempted God ten times with their rebellion, Numbers 14.22. And Job put up with ten insults from his companions, Job 19.3. Job chapter 18. Bildad's second response to Job. Then Bildad the Shuite replied, How long before you stop talking? Speak sense if you want us to answer. Do you think we are mere animals? Do you think we are stupid? You may tear out your hair in anger, but will that destroy the earth? Will it make the rocks tremble? Surely the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. The sparks of their fire will not glow. The light in their tent will grow dark. The lamp hanging above them will be quenched. The confident stride of the wicked will be shortened. Their own schemes will be their downfall. The wicked walk into a net. They fall into a pit. A trap grabs them by the heel. A snare holds them tight. A noose lies hidden on the ground. A rope is stretched across their path. Terrors surround the wicked and trouble them at every step. Hunger depletes their strength and calamity waits for them to stumble. Disease eats their skin, death devours their limbs. They are torn from the security of their homes and are brought down to the king of terrors. The homes of the wicked will be burned down. Burning sulfur rains on their houses. Their roots will dry up, and their branches will wither. All memory of their existence will fade from the earth. 
No one will remember their names. They will be thrust from light into darkness, driven from the world. They will have neither children nor grandchildren, nor any survivor in the place where they live. People in the West are appalled at their fate. People in the East are horrified. They will say, this was the home of a wicked person, the place of one who rejected God. Job chapter 19. Job's sixth speech, a response to Bildad. Then Job spoke again. How long will you torture me? How long will you try to crush me with your words? You have already insulted me ten times. You should be ashamed of treating me so badly. Even if I have sinned, that is my concern, not yours. You think you're better than I am, using my humiliation as evidence of my sin? But it is God who has wronged me, capturing me in his net. I cry out help, but no one answers me. I protest, but there is no justice. God has blocked my way so I cannot move. He has plunged my path into darkness. He has stripped me from my honor and removed the crown from my head. He has demolished me on every side, and I am finished. He has uprooted my hope like a fallen tree. His fury burns against me. He counts me as an enemy. His troops advance. They build up roads to attack me. They camp all around my tent. My relatives stay far away, and my friends have turned against me. My family is gone, and my close friends have forgotten me. My servants and maids consider me a stranger. I am like a foreigner to them. When I call my servant, he doesn't come. I have to plead with him. My breath is repulsive to my wife. I am rejected by my own family. Even young children despise me. When I stand to speak, they turn their backs on me. My close friends detest me. Those I loved have turned against me. I have been reduced to skin and bones, and I have escaped death by the skin of my teeth. Have mercy on me, my friends. Have mercy, for the hand of God has struck me. Must you also persecute me like God does? Haven't you chewed me up enough? All that my words could be recorded, all that they could be inscribed on a monument, carved with an iron chisel and filled with lead, engraved forever in the rock. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. How dare you go on persecuting me, saying it's his own fault. You should fear punishment yourselves, for your attitude deserves punishment. Then you will know that there is indeed a judgment. My daily walk. It is one thing to speak of hope when things look doubtful, when the future is uncertain. When circumstances are crowding in, it is something else to speak of hope when there is no doubt about the present. It is a disaster when the future is certain and definitely uninviting. When circumstances have crushed you to the floor, hope in the midst of utter turmoil cannot simply be starry-eyed optimism. It must be built upon bedrock reality. Job's testimony in chapter 19 verses 25 to 26 was no mere poetic sentiment. Remember his plight. It was hopeless. Rather, Job was drawing strength 
from the person to whom he had entrusted his life and from the promises that person had made on his behalf. Imagine you have been deprived of possessions, health, and loved ones. Could you proclaim with Job that your hope is still in the Lord? Pick one of God's many promises. 1 Corinthians 10.13 would do nicely and make it your project hope today. There is no medicine like hope. So true. That's all for today, my friends. It was great reading along with you. Have a great day and God bless. And I will see you tomorrow. Lord willing, peace.